Welcome back to Schools Back in Session podcast. This is episode two. Back with your host, Spencer. And your host, Emily. And Allison. And Brooke. Today, we are welcomed by two teachers and guests. Would you guys please introduce yourself? My name is Erin. I would you like me to tell you a little bit about myself? Yeah, of well? course. Okay. Um, I work for the St. Charles School District at Knoll Elementary. I am a LU graduate for both undergrad and master's, and I also am a Linden Teach intern. Uh, I think I was the second cohort, I want to say, like the second cohort, and it was phenomenal for me. Um, this is, I'm pretty... Pretty new teacher still, thanks to Lindenwood and everything that happened. I also, my first year, got the Outstanding Beginning Teacher Award. And right now I'm teaching first grade at Knoll in my third year. I'm loving it. That is amazing to hear. I mean, first year getting the award, too. How did that make you feel? <laughs> well, there's a funny story behind it. I, it was pretty incredible that I got the award to start with. Uh, Cam Newman, as many of you probably, you probably all know her, she recommended me for the award. And I wasn't supposed to know about it. And I started getting all these emails coming in. And I was like, what is happening right now? So I went to all of my other teachers. I was like, guys, did I do something wrong? Is this supposed to be what my thing is? And so then I went to Kate Kimsey, who's my boss. And I said, I don't know what this is, Kate. And she's like, oh, how come everybody knows? (laughs) So it was an incredible experience. I didn't even know it was a thing. And then um, all of Lindenwood came out to congratulate me on the day that it happened and all of the district came out and it was the most incredible mind-blowing thing in the world and I mean I was just doing what I wanted what I loved I was living my why and living my passion and to kind of have someone be like hey you're amazing at it and we're so proud of you like that just it filled my heart with so much joy and it let me know that I really am doing what I was made for yeah I mean you could not have said it any better that is Borderline perfect. Um, <laughs> Katie? So how do I follow that? I mean, um. so here, let me let me give you a little rundown what you can go about. So um, tell us who you are, mm-hmm. um, where you went to school, what you studied, and your experience with working with kids, and how long you've been teaching. My name's Katie, and I also teach in the city of St. Charles School District. Um, I currently teach at Blackhurst Elementary. This is my 17th year teaching my 16th year in the City of St. Charles School District. I am a graduate of Lindawood, both my undergrad and master's, and started some doctoral classes. Um, I, too, like Erin, earned the Outstanding Beginning Teacher Award my first year of teaching. Let's go. um, And I've been lucky enough to be Erin's cooperating teacher when she was student teaching and a Linden teach. So um, amazing experiences. But I've taught... Multiple grades, first, second, third, and fourth grade, and I've had a lots of experience um, moving around different buildings um, with different people, different colleagues, different students, different families, and um, it truly is, especially in this this world we're in now, it has to be something that you're totally passionate about, and you give it your all, and I pretty much, I mean, I work all the time because your brain never shuts off when it comes to your kids and your your work family um but it truly is my passion i think that's something that all four of us can honestly say what i mean the past 
whether it's been this semester or over the past year that we've all been in um, our internship program, uh, we, we don't turn it off when we leave the school. You're always going to be thinking about your students and your kids, what you can do to better improve not only their life inside the classroom, but also little stuff that you can make sure that outside of the classroom they're and all good. And it never stops no matter how long you've been teaching. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious, what buildings have you taught at in school in the St. Charles School District? In City of St. Charles, I started at Harris Elementary, okay. and then I taught at Lincoln Elementary, and now Blackhurst Elementary. Cool. Um, so, I guess the first question that we would like to ask you guys, um, we'll kick it off. This is a big topic, um, not only that we would like to know, but just future educators in general. Okay, wait. I know where you're going with that, but I wanted to start with, when did you guys first know you wanted to teach? Like, when, okay, okay, sorry. When did you know you wanted to teach? Uh, when I was very bossy as a five-year-old. <laughs> uh, I knew when I was nine years old in third grade, so <laughs> it was started pretty young. Um, I started at a class project. I, I went to a Catholic school, and we got, I earned something to be teacher for a day, and that teacher stuck with me for my whole life, and that moment stuck with me. And I wanted to be a teacher from that point on. I went and got my bachelor's, and then, you know, life happened, and I had to start a different career, but I still came back. And this, like Katie said, like, this teaching is not for the faint-hearted by any means, and it has to be truly what you're passionate about, what you care about. And for me to have come back, so I cared about it at nine, and then again at – 30, some 33, 33. <laughs> um, I, my daughters came into my home and I'm a foster mom and they're now my adopted daughters. But one day I walk into their classroom and there's, it's total chaos and it's beautiful chaos. As most of teachers know, like it's, t even though it's total chaos, it's beautiful because you love all the kids. And I walk in and there's no teacher in there. And I was like, oh gosh, what's happening? Um, so I walked in and I just kind of watched them because I was like, I think there should be an adult that should be watching children doing things right now. And that was the moment that I realized I'm ready. Like, I don't care what it takes for me to pursue this. And I spent an, a rough, hard two years of finishing my master's and then starting Linden Teach. So it started from nine, but like hit you at different times. And I'm glad I, I wish I had 17 years of experience. I think it's amazing that you do. But I Aaron, think you already have so much experience. I, I do I mean, have a lot of experience. You're a phenomenal teacher. But I'm glad I got here how I did. I think that my journey, even though it was a little bit unorthodox, it was perfect for me. That's very well said. I think that's the that's the key in teaching and for your career to last in teaching because we know that there is a lot of burnout and with COVID. Mm -hmm. And all of those things and everything that's going on that we see in the news and things like that, like our kids need us so much. And, you know, it is you truly have to find your own journey to it so that you know that it is what you're meant to do. I don't go to a job every day. I go to my family. I go to my career because a job is something you just go to to make money and pay your bills. My career is something that I'm passionate about, and I give up time with my family to do things. I bring my family, my two kids, and Aaron's kids do the same, but uh, my kids go to school in my building. We're fortunate enough in the city of St. Charles to bring our children. Um, since it's not our home school, Aaron's go to her school as well um, because we truly know that what we do makes a difference. And you have to find your own journey to that so that you can withstand all the other stuff 
to be in your classroom and find that joy with your kids. And very well said. I will say too, Ev, um, I don't know if you know this, I haven't told you yet, but my husband, after seeing everything that I went through for the last three years with teaching, he's going back to school now oh, to become a secondary education teacher because he loves seeing how everything is going and uh, on my journey and how everything kind of developed and how we got our girls into a great place. And he likes the actual career path and sees the teaching field as a family and as a passion and a way to be able to make a difference and be that one person, that one source that kiddos need to make a difference in their life. And he's excited. He's going back to his degree too. That's, that's cool to hear. I mean, for me, I can honestly say my journey wasn't straight line all the way through. Um, I told you guys before I started out as a sports broadcasting major. I didn't even start at Lindawood for that matter. Um, but when I came here, um, I was sports broadcasting major for about two years. Uh, and then I still wanted to do something with sports. So I switched over to uh, sports management uh, for a semester. But truly, I didn't find that, you know, home until I transferred into education. And, I mean, uh, Dr. Aldridge has been amazing. She, I believe she's been my advisor every single semester since I've been in the program. Um, and I can honestly say that every single one of us probably have some similar connection to her um, that makes it, you know, that's why we're all here today. And without her and everyone else in this program, uh, it's, it truly feels like a family. Um, whether it be, you know, here at Linwood or where we are in our own schools, it's it's something that is second to none, and we are just so blessed and lucky to have. Linwood truly is an amazing school. I mean, my two mentors were Dr. Boyle and Dr. Schneider, so mm-hmm. you guys probably don't know who Dr. Boyle is. <laughs> Mine was Dr. But Schneider. he was one of the most amazing men I've ever met, and he is who encouraged me when I was in my master's, because when I graduated with my bachelor's, you had to get your master's within 10 years. Um, they've since then changed that. But so I went back to school to get my master's just in elementary ed. And, you know, a few semesters, I was a semester away from graduating. And he was like, have you ever thought about administration? He's like, you are a leader and you need to be in that. And I had some tough, some tough times go through school, but he kept pushing me and Dr. Schneider and those two were amazing. And I didn't get the opportunity to meet Dr. Aldridge until through student teaching the last few years, but she is definitely amazing. And I've watched her, you know, coach student teachers through and and um and Linwood is just a really special place big time um the I guess leading into that um I know both of you guys have said I know Katie especially you said administration you see yourself in there for each of you what is the end goal what what is your dream I guess position and place um whether it be you know within the next five or ten years or honestly when you guys are done with teaching Well, I'm on the downhill slide of my teaching career. I mean, if I wanted to, um, my biggest thing is I just have such a passion for what I do that I want to encourage and support and be like a shining light for others to find their way because we do know, I mean, things are changing in our education world and it's constantly getting harder and harder to be a classroom teacher and the demands are so much more than you even know in school, than you can be prepared for, even in student teaching. And so, you know, my my future for me, um, I firmly believe that I have a path in leadership 
whether that's as an administrator in an elementary building or if it's doing something else with, um, you know, helping student teachers in the future, um, that's where I see myself is just continuing to share that um, passion and encouragement for the education field. I think that'd be perfect for you. I think you'd be like, (laughs) if you had like a job to say like a Linden Teach Ultimate Mentor, it'd be like Katie be that. <laughs> but that's not a position yet. Um, for me, I mean, I'm I'm pretty new into it, so but I have some pretty big ambitions. I have already started looking into the doctorate program here at Lindenwood. I'm st- working on my application and my problem of practice for it. Uh, I'm going to be get, doing a doctorate in curriculum instruction. So I see myself in the classroom for at least probably at least five to seven more years. Um, actually probably longer than that. I would like though to be a part of a team while I'm in the classroom to help enrich curriculum and instruction to ensure that we are closing the gaps for all kiddos. Cause like Katie had said, even in student teaching or in the classes you're taking, you know, understanding the needs of every child and understanding how they kind of come from, even just for, for me as a first grade teacher coming from kindergarten to first grade, how we close those gaps and how we can only control what happens within our building, there are so many external things that are happening for all of our kids, but we need to really focus on what's happening for us in the building. And I think designing our curriculum around it to be able to close all the gaps that they have, that's really why I wanna go back and learn more about curriculum and instruction. And then eventually, like maybe down the road when I'm ready to be a grandma, ways away, I would love to be able to be a college professor to teach you know, people like us to be passionate about this because that's how this career keeps growing. It's like-minded people that understand the need is growing and that it is not, it's not an easy field to be in, but it's an easy field to love. So it's always going to be kind of tough to do, but man, it's just every day is a reward no matter what. Absolutely. So you're talking about all that, like how do you manage the toughest kids and how do you go about that? Like what it, what do you do? <laughs> what do you love? Lots of love and relationships. It goes back to Maslow's hierarchy. You learn mm-hmm. that in your first classes and you're like, okay, yeah. But it truly does. I mean, if kids' needs aren't being met at home, if they're not getting sleep, if they're not having food in their bellies, if they're not feeling that they're in a safe place, they're not going to learn. And so the first thing is making sure that they have all their needs met so that they can learn. And then it truly is getting to know your kids, building those relationships so that they do trust you, they do feel safe, and they want to learn. And finding out what each kiddo's strengths are and then find out what we have to work on. And, you know, it takes a team. In our building, we are a true family. We collaborate. We have true PLCs, professional learning communities. And it's not just my first grade classroom. It's not just my first grade team. It's every kid in our building is our kid. And so it really truly is coming together, everyone in the building to have their genius to help build those kids. And that's how you, that's how you work with your toughest kids. And I completely agree with you on that because the toughest kids, they, they need that team. They need everyone that's coming in, whether it is a teacher or a reading specialist, a counselor, uh, an instructional coach. And when we come together and we talk about those kids, the first thing we talk about is building that relationship with whoever they can, whoever they can reach out to. 
And then when we have those PLC meetings, uh, they're completely invaluable because we collaborate not ju just with each other on our team, but we get to be able to meet with reading specialists, with SPED, with, um, for us, we meet with our interventionists. It's so important that we get everyone on the same page. And our building is working so beautifully with PLC this year. It's kind of been like a district initiative. But what we do is we really work with everyone to make sure that every child has what they need. And if they don't, we put them into a special block or a social skills group, really identifying what their needs are. But mostly just the tough kids, you got to worry about them. Like it's not about where they're at academically. It's really about who they are, what they need, and meeting them where they're at. I think so much we think as teachers when you're, especially a new teacher, you're like, man, I have all these awesome differentiated lesson plans and I'm going to be able to do every single scaffold in the book and that's not going to matter if you can't reach that kiddo. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to reach that child first and develop a relationship first and that's where those PLCs come into play. That's where your whole building comes into play where everyone really collaborates to kind of love around this child until they realize I'm in a safe community, I'm in a trusting environment, and I can really trust these people to help me further my life and my education. And holding them to the same expectations you hold everyone else oh, to so because true. a lot of times your tough kiddos don't have those expectations. So you're making sure that they know you're there for them, but they're also, they're going to make it. They can meet their goals. They can master these things. They can follow these expectations because they all need that. So true. I love that. So now that we've talked about the kids side of it, we're one thing I've definitely thought of, and I'm sure we've all thought of in this process is we focus so heavily on the kids. What do you do about a tough parent? <laughs> <laughs> how how love. do you handle that? Yeah, <laughs> they need just as much love and just as much Sometimes attention, <laughs> kindness. Um, and I think Aaron and I both have been on the parent side of things uh, with our kiddos as well as the teacher side. But you know, you change a lot when you start teaching. You know, you think you're really awesome, you're making great connections, and then like as you grow and learn and move in your life, and then like you become a parent, and then you're like, oh, I can do this differently with these parents. And then you become a parent with a school-age child, and then you're like, oh, I need to talk really straight with these parents because that's what I would want as a parent. So, you know, it's really just having those tough, being able to have those tough conversations, but also making those connections with families right off the bat of mm -hmm. all the positive things that you see in their child. Because, you know, so often parents hear lots of negative things or they think lots of negative things about their kids and they don't want to build a relationship with school because they're afraid that's all they're going to hear. So, you know, it's the same thing. Love on those parents. Know that teaching them that we're a community and mm -hmm. we're there to support them as well. Yeah. Communication is key. Like making sure that you listen more than you talk, like allow them to be able to vent everything to you and understand. I think the best piece of advice I got was to not take everything personally because it's really hard as a new teacher to not feel like someone's attacking you or like you're doing something wrong personally. Everyone is in a struggle and we need to really kind of adapt the, or adopt this mantra of we're working together. We're all in the same boat. Let's row together. And so if we kind of start that out at the beginning and communicate, like Katie said, about the great positive things that might not be academically, but like, hey, maybe today they were the kindest person and gave me the biggest hug and I really loved it today. So that's totally worth it. Okay, so um, I know you kind of touched on it, Katie, but how has your perspective changed 
for both of you since having your own children. <laughs> Not only um, just your own children, but your own children in the mm-hmm. same school. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, first of all, having them in my own school has been so amazing because I get to watch and see them grow as well. And I currently have my own daughter in my math class because mm-hmm. we are departmentalized in I our building. So, um, you know, um, finding ways to be a mom, but also my be a teacher at the same time is sometimes kind of hard, but um, moving your perspective, it just, it does. You just, you understand um, parents when they're struggling with a kid and they don't understand what's going on with their kid, whether it be academic or behaviorally. And they're like, I don't know what resources there are or what help there is. So as you become a parent and your own kids are in your building too, you know what's available to families. You know what resources you have. You know, I mean, I know have more experience, so I can have conversations with parents about, you know, I would take them to the pediatrician if you have questions or things like that. Uh, you're more comfortable, I think, having those conversations too. I mean, I wholeheartedly agree, but I mean, as a mom, so I am in a very unique position. Whenever I first came to KG School at Blackers, I was going through some a lot of tough stuff with my youngest daughter as a mom and as a teacher, and <laughs> it's a big transition. But the really nice thing is, as a teacher and a parent, um, I was able to talk to Katie, who's a seasoned teacher, and also administration there, and don't be afraid to kind of use the ear of other people so you can understand. And in that moment, if for me, also with communicating with parents, I was able to see, man, I can see how parents feel really overwhelmed because I had no idea what to expect, and I was in the teaching field. And my daughter was getting suspended almost every day because she had behavioral concerns. And I had no idea what to do. So that really was a reality check for me when it came to communicating with parents. And I was able to really kind of meet parents where they are in that. Because so often we assume that everyone knows what we know. And we don't start where we didn't know. And I was really thankful that I had Katie because she every day would let me vent to her. And be like, I'd be like, you have no idea what happened today. And she was wonderful about letting me talk to her about it and like bounce ideas off of her. And then... The really cool part was once I got to go to work at Knoll, I got this amazing family in the St. Charles School District that embraced my children and who they are, just like at the Blackhurst family. And my goodness, my family at Knoll, my daughters grew so much, and I I got to be there even if they had behavior issues. I got to teach my daughter math last year. That was an interesting experience. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But incredible at the same time, and it's so neat to watch them grow, and it's just incredible, too, to see how – you know, you think how the impact you make as a teacher, you think you're doing it. But then when you see it on your own kids and see it in the district that you just already love because that's already the family you have, man, that just reaffirms everything for you to be there. Yeah. So when you both you both taught your children or, like, mm-hmm. you're experiencing teaching your children, how do you set that boundary in the classroom? Like, do you talk to them beforehand? Like, this is what you need to do. Like, this is what you should expect. Like, <laughs> You should be nicer to me than any other of the other kids. Like, what do you say to them, and how do they act? Do they act like differently to us. (laughs) Um, My daughter probably threw more fits with me than any other student because she thought that she could. But that we just, I mean, I don't know. I talked to her every day about it, and she still thought she could get away with stuff. But it was just setting bound, like clear boundaries. And I am teacher right now, and I just would keep telling her, "Sorry, uh, I'm teacher right now, Mrs. Ganyan right now. I'm not mom face. 
teacher face. <laughs> mm -hmm. Same thing for me. Um, I did not have my son ever, just my daughter I have now. And so um, she knows she has to call me Mrs. Will when we're at school. And she slips up sometimes and says mommy, but all the kids know I'm her mom and they don't even bat an eyelash. Um, but the interesting with her right now is um, for math, she will look at me like, is it right? I'm waiting uh -huh. for you to tell me it's uh -huh. right. And I'm like, ask your neighbor. Or we have an interventionist <laughs> in the room, and I'm like, she's yours because she won't listen to me. And my son doesn't listen to me either at home about school or anything. But the really awesome thing is, you know, um, I've been on the opposite side of being a parent of a student with an IEP and sitting through all that kind of stuff and seeing the growth that my kiddo makes and, and the impact his teachers are making on b both of my kids and how, you know, they don't want to listen to me as a parent, but they listen to their teachers and, so and teachers are so impactful. So true. And even to speak on the other side of that as someone who is aware of the relationship, but your kids don't know that I'm a like aware of the relationship, yep. you have two very good leaders. I will say that. Like, they're amazing. Getting to see them in, in action, like, you practice what you preach, basically. Thank and you. it's really cool to see that because, I don't know, sometimes I feel like you see, like, oh, that's a teacher's kid. Like, you kind of get a little scared, but you guys have obviously done it. So thank congrats. you. Congrats. <laughs> thank you. Yes, big time. So I feel as though uh, one major, I guess, topic that we've always circled back to, um, whether it be with how we need to, I guess, not even deal, but just what to do with students in general. It always comes back to love. So truly, Absolutely. what was not only your why in the sense of becoming a teacher, but why do you love it so much? Why do you, when you have those hard days and when you have difficult situations, not only with your own students, but your own children for that matter, mm -hmm. why do you keep on loving and why do you keep on going? Really it's what we were made to do. That's a really good question. Um, we actually just had professional development on Friday and we had mm -hmm. a speaker um, and he was talking to us about his why and the teachers that impact his life and how he wouldn't even be alive today if it wasn't for his teachers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have a teacher that um, I'm still in contact with. She was um, a student teacher in my third grade class and then she became my fourth grade teacher, um, Mrs. Kruger. And she and I are still in contact, but she was an amazing person and just a safe place for me and she was my inspiration for really knowing that I wanted to do this but I think the biggest thing is knowing that um, even your most difficult day you made a difference um, for somebody else and mm -hmm. I'm at a stage yeah. in my life where I have the exact same age children at home as I do at school so it kind of never ends for me but knowing that no matter what all of the kids that I have, my kids that are my biological kids and my school kids, they are all loved and happy and safe, mm -hmm. and I know I've made an impact on them. I 100% agree. I mean, even on the toughest days, love doesn't leave. Like, as a teacher, you can feel that in your bones. Um, you were talking about teachers that made an impact on your life. Um, my mom's a kindergarten teacher, so obviously I love teaching because of that. My Mrs. Lambert, I will, she's my third grade teacher. I mean, who remembers everything from when they're nine years old? It, but I remember that very vividly teaching an art lesson that was horrible, but she still loved me through all of it. And maybe you want to be a teacher, not an art teacher, though. Um, <laughs> and then my sister is also a teacher, but I, 
my why is truly, like you said, it's building relationships and love. And that was my why too, as a foster parent, but it just kind of carried through to this and made me realize what my journey was is everyone's looking to make a difference in the world and everyone's looking to build the future leaders of tomorrow. But truthfully, what kids need and what the world needs is for one person to be the, their person to say, I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to be solid. I'm going to be your foundation. And I'm going to show you what it feels like to be loved. I'm going to show you what it feels like to feel success, even small successes. And even on those really hard days, you know what? I tell myself, I, and I got this from Lyndon Teach and from Dr. Aldridge and some of the other, other Lyndon teachers, the kids always come back. But they always come back too because they need you. But we need them too. We need them so much because we just want to let them know that they can be successful. They can break any kind of, if they have any kind of circle of anything, they can be anything they want to be, and we have that power. That's, I mean, I know for me, just speaking on my behalf, uh, my why, my mom, she was a special education teacher, and I, sadly, we, we talked about this the last episode, but um, she passed away when I was in seventh grade, and um, at her funeral, um, all of her current and former students, as well as current and former colleagues, um, they came up to me and my family and let me know how much of an impact she left. So I know that it's possible. And I know if I can do that, um, like she did, that's my sense of, you know, carrying on and like, she is my why she is my love for the, I guess, becoming a teacher in the future. And um, it's, it's very special how much of an impact that all of us have. Um, and it can be as simple as like we state back, I mean, relationships, asking how they're doing or, you know, what extracurriculars, like, oh, what sports are you playing this weekend? Or how are you and your brother? Like if you've had that experience, not only with them on the personal level, but outside as well, it can go so far. And it's just something that is, it's amazing to see how much we have and, I, I don't know. I just love it. It makes everything worth it. Um, there's days that you cry. There's <laughs> days that you cry and laugh at the same time. Mm-hmm. There's days that you're just like, oh, my gosh, did did anything go right today? And then there's the days that are like, oh, my gosh, their light bulbs went on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's all worth it in the end. Every single day. Mm-hmm. I think that is one last one. Perfect. So we, we, did, we did get into that a little bit earlier, um, but I guess finish off with the last question. Brooke, you want to take it away? For us. Oh, for us. Okay, so after talking with you guys and hearing your experience, um, I want to know from us where we see ourselves in five to ten years because they have so much experience and so many stories and so many different paths they've taken. I'm curious where we see ourselves. Wow, that's a that's a loaded question. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, shoot, you want me to kick it off? Go for it. Wow, five to ten years from now. So let's see. Today it is Friday, <laughs> November fourth. We're getting real. Yeah, we're. I'm gonna get down to the like the down to a T. So right now it is Friday, November fourth, two thousand twenty-two. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Um, so five years from now, that would be 2027. So like things like 2030. Okay. 2030. Okay. Okay. 2030. Really um, 
on the, <laughs> I guess, education side of things, uh, I definitely, over the past couple of weeks, I've seen myself um, leaning more towards, I guess, a guidance route um, after I start teaching, just because um, when, when I was in... Um, not just middle school after my mom passed away, but my guidance counselor then, she truly, um, I wouldn't be here without her. Um, to put it bluntly, I mean, she got me through so much and she made such a big impact on me. Uh, and I know that uh, that is what I want to do. Obviously, the relationships that we can have with our entire s students, if we are the main teacher, it'll be between, what, 20 to 25 students based on where you are. But the relationship that I had with her um, on the one-to-one -one level is something that I dream of having in the future with um, my future students. Um, so for me, what I see myself doing in about five to ten years, I was a field hockey and lacrosse coach, and I kind of took a break once I started getting into the everyday of teaching just because I was very overwhelmed. So I hope to pick that back up again. Once I get in the swing of things and make some of those habits and, and, and a good like at a good place where I can do more and can have even like more of an impact on those students. So seeing them outside of school, maybe in like the sport that they love as well and on the field, I hope to kind of connect both the classroom and the field experience as well. And then I hope to kind of see the students that I'm teaching now and kind of reconnect with them and just see like the successes that they have been to and like revisit them and re-see them and I guess build those relationships even more and just I don't know just see how far they've gotten and the impact that their days right now are having on them and where where it's going to lead. Allison. Okay so um, I would after a few years in the classroom love to get my master's in library media I would love to be the nerd that gets to talk with the kids all day long about books um, because they have a hard time loving books right now, I feel like. And um, I know from experience, like, helping them find something they love to read is so rewarding. And when they beg to read a book that I help them find, like, during math, and it's so hard to tell them no. But I, w I want to be the person that says, yeah, go go for it. Go read. This is This is our place. So... That's what I want to do. I love that. I subbed for a librarian, and I really, really loved it. Not sure if it's my calling, but I liked it. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I feel like this is always, like, a question loomed over us, and I've never really thought about it in depth. I think I just want to be in the classroom for as long as I can be. Um, I don't know. You always get asked, like, do you want to go into administration, and I don't really feel like that's my calling. I think I just want to teach in a family-driven school and just build those relationships as far and as long as you can. Well, I can honestly say with all four of us, wherever we are in within the next five to ten years, we will be making an impact in some capacity. Um, I wanted to thank both of you guys. Thank you yes, for thank you. coming on today. It was amazing to not only get to know you, um, a little bit more, uh, but also just to hear your stories and hear your why, because I can honestly say for me and everyone else in this room, that definitely will keep our flame afloat. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> we, it, it will keep us going in a sense. And 
I, I personally thank you very much because it's it's amazing to not only hear your stories, but what we can, I guess, take away from that and bring that into our own limelight. So thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for inviting us. And for anyone who is considering doing Linden Teach, please do it. Truly, it is a total game changer. It lets you be able to truly learn the classroom before you have to student teach, before you're thrown into the classroom on your own. Do try Highland and teach. Well, with that being said, episode two of Schools Back in Session is over. Class dismissed. <laughs>